0: President Barack Obama went looking for his identity as a black man in his youth. As president of the United States, he found it. The way he found it was by polarizing America along racial lines between black and white. After turning what could have been a unifying presidency for the country into a wedge with which to divide black and Hispanic Americans from whites, President Obama reaped his reward on Saturday night when alleged comedian Larry Wilmore called Obama his N-word. Wilmore, hosting the White House Correspondents' Dinner, explained that throughout the Obama administration, he didn't care about Obama's policies, he only cared about the color of his skin. What he said was, quote, Mr. President, all jokes aside, let me just say how much it means for me to be here tonight. I've always joked I voted for the president because he's black. People say, do you agree with his policies? And I always said, I agree with the policy that he's black. As long as he keeps being black, I'm good. They'd say, what about Iraq? And I'd say, is he still black? But behind the joke is a humble appreciation for the historical implications for what your presidency means, yada, yada, yada. He says, a black man was not thought by his mere color not good enough to lead a football team way back when. And now, to live in your time, Mr. President, when a black man can lead the entire free world, words alone do me no justice. So, Mr. President, if I'm gonna keep it 100%, yo, Barry, you did it, my N-word, you did it. Now, here's the deal. Normal people would find this offensive. If anybody suggested that Donald Trump's policies don't matter because, hey, he's white, then we would call you a racist because that would be racist. Obama found this whole routine perfectly acceptable. Not only did he laugh his way through it, the White House actually said today Obama, quote, appreciated the spirit of Mr. Wilmore's expression Saturday night. Josh Earnest said, quote, I'm confident Mr. Wilmore used the word by design. He was seeking to be provocative. Any reading of his comments made clear he was not using the president as the butt of a joke. Right, that's the point. He wasn't. He was offering racial fealty to the president, by calling the president authentically black in the leftist parlance, which means using the N-word, and Obama just sat there and lapped it up. Is it any wonder that Obama did, given the fact that in dreams from my father, he talked about his racial ambivalence, his longing for acceptance, his attempts to find a place in the black world? In the introduction to that book, Obama wrote, quote, When people who don't know me well, black or white, discover my background, and it is usually a discovery, for I ceased to advertise my mother's race at the age of 12 or 13, when I began to suspect that by doing so, I was ingratiating myself to whites. I see the split-second adjustments they have to make, the telltale searching of my eyes for some sign. Obama found acceptance in the end by engaging in activism in community organizing black communities. He's extended that to the presidency, where he's legitimated black criminals like Michael Brown and justified riots in Ferguson and Baltimore and sicked his DOJ on non-racist police departments. And now he's finally earned the greatest prize. He is Larry Wilmore's N-word. So it was all worth it, apparently. Maybe for him, but not for the Americans who rely on the president to look beyond racial solidarity to govern. To those Americans, Obama couldn't be more of a disappointment. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. <laughs> tend to They're demonize people who those don't those care about your feelings. So here we are, and it is the day of the Armageddon. It is upon us. I think that Ted Cruz is going to get schlonged, as President, uh, as, as President Trump, as Donald Trump would put it. It's going to get ugly for Ted Cruz, um, and, uh, and Donald Trump will now likely be the, the nominee. And so here's a quick preview of the show tomorrow. This is just a quick preview of what the show is going to be like tomorrow. Uh, clip one, this is just what it's going to look like tomorrow morning.
1: We finally really did it. You maniacs! You blew
2: it up! God damn you! God damn you all to hell!
0: Yes, that's pretty much it right there. That's 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 pretty much how the show's going to go tomorrow. So I hope that... So just prepare yourselves. If, if you think we've been bleak so far, oh, 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 there's a whole nother level to that down escalator. I mean, we are just going to go all the way to the bottom because Donald Trump's a disaster. For people who don't think that Donald Trump's a disaster, Today was another, each, I have to say. Okay, so, in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy, it says, in Deuteronomy 28.67, it says that each morning you're going to think, I wish it were last night, and each night you're going to wish it were the morning. That's how bad things are going to be, should you break your covenant with God. That is the Trump covenant, okay? We go to sleep thinking the Trump campaign can't go any lower, and then we wake up the next morning and we go, boy, you remember when the Trump campaign was so elevated last night? You remember that? Well, today, Trump issued his latest botched partial birth abortion of a thought, uh, and it was <laughs> and it was that he was very upset because Ted Cruz's dad, Raphael, he's, he's a preacher, and so he preaches. So he goes out there and he says that if you want to vote right, you vote as God would want you to vote, and that means voting for Cruz and not like Trump. Okay, fine, he's a preacher, this is what he does. Here is Donald Trump's response to that. I
2: implore, I exhort every member of the body of Christ to vote according to the word of God and vote for the candidate that stands on the
1: word of God and on the Constitution of the United States of America. And I am convinced that man is my son, Ted Cruz. The alternative could be the destruction of America.
2: Does that resonate with the folks there in Indiana? I think it's a disgrace that he's allowed to do it. I think it's a disgrace that he's allowed to say it. You know, I'm backed by, uh, by, you look at Jerry Falwell Jr., and you look at so many of the ministers that are backing
1: me, and they're backing me more so than they're backing uh, Cruz, and I'm winning the evangelical vote. And it's disgraceful that his father can go out and do that. And, just, and so
2: many people are angry about it, and the evangelicals are angry about it, the way he does second. that. And
0: okay, so this is bad enough, what he's already said, right? What he said already is it's a disgrace that he's allowed to do it. Allowed. This is called America. You're allowed to say whatever you want. This is why Donald Trump can let stupid crap fall out of his face all the time. Like, every day, stupid crap falls out of his because you're allowed to let stupid crap fall out of your face. This is America. It's okay. You're allowed. But that's who Trump is. He doesn't like that people are allowed to criticize him, and so he's upset with that. But then Trump really goes for it. Then Trump finally decides, you know what? I've been acting presidential this whole time. I'm really just going to let it fly. Let's just do this thing. So here he goes.
2: His father was with Lee Harvey Oswald prior to Oswald's being, uh, you know, shot. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. What, what, what is this, right prior to his being shot? And nobody even brings it up. I mean, they don't even talk about that. That was reported, uh, and nobody talks about it. But I think it's horrible. Right. There was a picture out there that reportedly shows
1: um, uh, Rafael Cruz standing with Lee Harvey Oswald. I mean, what, I was, he
2: doing? what, what um, was he doing with Lee Harvey Oswald? Shortly before the death, uh, before the shooting, it's it's
0: horrible. Okay, so let's be clear about something. There are zero pieces of evidence at all that link Rafael Cruz, Ted Cruz's father, with the murder of John F. Kennedy and friendship with Lee Harvey Oswald. There are zero pieces of evidence to this effect. But the Trumpkins are all okay with this. I mean, this, this originally started, as you guessed it, a story in the National Enquirer Thoroughly debunked, no evidence to support it whatsoever, but Trump is a conspiracy theorist. And this is the part of Trump that's actually frightening. So most of what Trump says is not frightening, it's just stupid. There's a difference between frightening and stupid. This is the part of Trump that actually frightens me a little bit. And this is the part of his supporters that that frightens me too. So first, here is Ted Cruz responding to all of that. This is clip 23. Here is Ted Cruz finally deciding, you know what? Effort to life. I'm, I'm here already. Let's just do let, let's just go whole hog. And so he finally takes off the gloves after months of playing patsy with Trump, which he played too enthusiastically for my tastes. Uh, and now, you know, after months of kind of half hitting Trump, finally Cruz decides to just unleash the beast. And here's what it sounds like.
3: I'm going to do something I haven't done for the entire campaign. For those of y'all who have traveled with me all across the country, I'm going to tell you what I really think of Donald Trump. This man is a pathological liar. He doesn't know the difference between truth and lies. He lies practically every word that comes out of his mouth. And in a pattern that I think is straight out of a psychology textbook, his response is to accuse everybody else of lying. He accuses everybody on that debate stage of lying. And it's simply a mindless yell. Whatever he does, he accuses everyone else of doing the man c- cannot tell the truth, but he combines it with being a narcissist, a narcissist at a level I don't think this country's ever seen.
0: And this, of course, is perfectly true. Everything he's saying right there is perfectly true, but it doesn't matter. And the point is that it really, it really doesn't matter because in the end, the people that Trump is catering to, the reason he can trot out all these conspiracy theories is because the people he's catering to like the conspiracy theories, well, which I'll explain in a minute. First. A quick history lesson on Donald Trump's conspiracy theory. So first you have the conspiracy theory that Ted Cruz's father was somehow involved with the assassination of JFK or blew up to Hindenburg or killed Jimmy Hoffa or something. And then, if you go back a few debates, you remember Donald Trump's conspiracy theories with regard to Iraq. So here's what he had to say about Iraq. Obviously it was
1: a mistake. So... George Bush made a mistake. We so, can make mistakes, but that one was a beauty. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized right. the Middle East. But so you so I mean so you still think he should be impeached. I think it's my turn, isn't it? You do whatever you want. You call it whatever you want. I want to tell you, they lied. Okay. They said there were weapons of mass destruction. There were none, and they knew there were none. There were no weapons of mass right. okay. destruction. Okay. All right. Go. On. Go, on. Go, on. Go on.
0: Okay, so there is Donald Trump trotting out the old code pink Daily Coast conspiracy theory. The Bush administration just wanted war for oil, no blood for oil. So there's conspiracy theory number one. Then there was the conspiracy theory. As you remember, just a couple of months ago, Justice Scalia passed away and Donald Trump appeared on Michael Savage's radio show. Michael Savage is an unhinged kook. And uh, and so he proposed immediately to Donald Trump that Justice Scalia had been murdered. And here is Donald Trump giving credence to that because that's what he does.
2: Donald, I need to come back to the topic we've been all screaming about here, which is Scalia, was he murdered? I know it's pretty brutal to say that. And I'm not, I'm not wanting to drag you into this, but this is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I went on the air and said we need a, the equivalent of a Warren commission. We need an immediate autopsy before the body is disposed of. What do you think of that? Well, I just heard today, and that just a little while ago, actually, You know, I, I just landed, and I'm hearing it's a big topic, that, uh, the question. And it's a horrible topic, but they say they found a the pillow on his face, which is a pretty unusual place to find a pillow. Uh, I, I can't tell you what, uh, I can't give you an answer. You know, usually I like to give you answers, but I literally just heard it a little while ago. It's just starting to come out now, as you know, Michael. Yeah,
0: All right. Okay, so there, there he is, giving credence to the Scalia was murdered theory, which of course was not true either. And you go back a few years and there was Donald Trump making a big noise about how Barack Obama wasn't born in the United States. He was born in Kenya, which is just asinine, was asinine at the time. What I said is there are a lot of people who believed it because Obama is representative, representative of a foreign ideology, but that's not the same thing as him actually being born in another country. And even if he were born in another country, his mother was an American citizen, so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. You'd have a Ted Cruz situation. Here's Donald Trump back in 2011 pushing the Obama birther crap.
1: There's a real question about The birth certificate. There's a real question about the his own his own citizenship. There there is no question. He's got a certificate of live birth that is recognized by the state. I know exactly what you're getting at. The facts. For some reason, no, they're not the facts. He doesn't have a birth certificate or he hasn't provided. He's given a certificate of live birth. It's a much different certificate of live birth meets the standard of the State Department for any one citizenship. George there were contemporaneous reports in two. George they have co opted you. Given us no those are the facts. George they've co opted you. Who's they? It's not obviously Obama and his minions. They have co-opted you. A certificate of live birth is not the same thing by any stretch of What the, the recognizes as a standard. Okay, so it's It turns so out, of
0: course, that Trump is totally full of crap. Obama releases his birth certificate. And Trump still, by the way, two years after this, refuses to acknowledge that the birth certificate has been released. He still goes on two years after this to say it's still a conspiracy. Because the nice thing about being a conspiracy theorist is that the conspiracy can continue to cover up the conspiracy, so there's always more conspiracy where that came from. Then of course there's his 9-11 conspiracy theorizing, this is just a couple of weeks ago.
1: And in all fairness, we went after Iraq, they did not knock down the World Trade Center, okay? It wasn't the Iraqis that knocked down the World Trade Center. We went after Iraq, we decimated the country, Iran's taken over, okay. But it wasn't the Iraqis. Uh, you will find out who really knocked down the World Trade Center because they have papers out there that are very secret. You may find it's the Saudis, okay? But you will find out. But it wasn't Iraq. So you-
0: okay, so you'll find out who did it. it. Maybe it wasn't the Saudis. Maybe it was the Saudis. Who knows? Who We know who did it. It was Al-Qaeda. Okay, it wasn't exactly in the Saudi government's interest to knock down two of our towers. wasn't exactly in their giant interest to do that, turns out. But, you know, there is there is Donald Trump trotting out another conspiracy theory about 9-11. Then, of course, there's this conspiracy theory about autism and vaccines, vaccines supposedly causing autism. Let me explain to people, for folks who are subscribing, okay. first of all, you should all subscribe to the podcast so you can see my angry face when we talk about Trump, and you can see my less angry face when we talk about other things. Those are my two variations, my angry face and my less angry face. Those are the only two faces in my my Mr. Potato Head stash of faces. So in any case, Donald Trump, talked about autism and vaccines. There are this many, okay, for folks who are watching on TV, this many pieces of evidence that autism and vaccines are linked. This is a giant zero. There are zero pieces of evidence that autism and vaccines are linked. Only stupid people think this. Only stupid people think this, okay? The idea that there is any linkage between autism and vaccines, in fact, there is a negative linkage by some studies, that if you get an MMR vaccine, you're less likely to have autism. That's just because there's no link but at all. So, if, so bottom line is that... that if you get a shot, you don't get autism because you got a shot, okay, you idiots, okay, and, and all the people who believe this sort of thing are the people who are now spreading measles, mumps, and rubellas, third world diseases in the first world because you don't believe in basic science. You don't talk about science deniers. This is science denial. So Trump, you remember, back in September, he trotted out this one, and there are Ben Carson and Rand Paul, both medical doctors on the stage, saying nothing about it because it would be uncouth to mention that Donald Trump knows less about medicine than he knows about anything else, which means that he has negative knowledge about medicine because he knows nothing about anything. Here's Donald Trump on autism and vaccines.
1: Autism has become an epidemic. 25 years ago, 35 years ago, you look at the statistics, not even close. It has gotten totally out of control. I am totally in favor of vaccines, but I want smaller doses over a longer period of time because you take a baby in, and I've seen it, and I've seen it, and I had my children taken care of over a long period of time, over a two or three year period of time, same exact amount, but you take this little beautiful baby and you pump, I mean, it looks just like it's meant for a horse, not for a child. And we've had so many instances, people that worked for me just the other day, two years old, two and a half years old, a child, a beautiful child went to have the vaccine and came back and a week later got a tremendous fever got very, very sick, now is autistic. I only say it's not, I'm in favor of vaccines, do them over a longer period of time, same amount, Thank but you. just in, in little sections.
0: Okay, so, so all of this is absolute nonsense. And then he goes on to talk about how uh, the friend of his had a little baby and the little baby ended up with a fever. And then the next thing you know, the kid's autistic. Trump's conspiracy theories know no bounds. Now, there are a couple of reasons why people engage in conspiracy theories. One is that if you are simple-minded, if you're, if you're stupid, if you're a stupid person, you tend to engage in conspiracy theories because it offers a plausible view of the world. It offers something that offers you a comfortable view of the world. There's a lot of chaos around you, a lot of random events. But if they're all somehow connected, then it all begins to make sense. Life becomes a little bit less scary. We want what's expected in life. We don't want the unexpected to happen. As the Joker puts it in Dark Knight, If it's all part of the plan, nobody worries about it, right? If it's all big conspiracy, nobody worries about it. It's randomness and chaos that people don't like. And so people invent stories about shadowy forces beyond their control that are operating events one by one, right? Simple-minded people tend to believe this. Religious people say that God has a plan for the universe, but simple-minded conspiracy theorists say that there are evil human forces that are controlling all all of these things. So that's one reason. The other reason is that it's very comforting to believe in conspiracy theories. If you're somebody who is is economically downtrodden, if you're somebody who's made bad life decisions, if you're somebody who's poor or is not succeeding, if you're somebody who's angry, then the easiest thing to do is to blame an external force for that. So President Obama has done this very well for black Americans, right? White privilege. White privilege is driving all of the problems. Institutional racism, the evils of the American DNA. That's why you're poor. That's why you went to jail. That's why so many bad things are happening to you and people who live next door to you, right? It's these evil, shadowy conspiracy forces. Hillary Clinton does the same thing. Going all the way back to the 90s, it wasn't that Bill Clinton was a sexual pervert. It was that there was a vast right-wing conspiracy out to get Bill Clinton. And now Hillary does it about the patriarchy. There's this evil conspiracy of men. Those evil, penis-ridden humans. And they're out to get all of the people with the Vijay jays And it's just imperative that we elect Hillary Clinton and give her all the power in the universe in order to fight the evil conspiracy. Trump does the same thing. He does the same thing. He says to his people, okay, you're out of a job. I have a conspiracy theory. It involves China stealing your jobs and raping you, right? If you are having an economic hard time, that's not because maybe you need to broaden your skill set. Maybe you need to move out of that downtrodden manufacturing town in the middle of nowhere. No, what's really happening is that evil forces, nefarious globalization is going to take everything you own and I will stop it. This is this is the the tenor of the the entire Trump campaign is one giant conspiracy theory. Big shadowy forces out to get you. I am here. Om, I alone can solve. Only I can solve. Right. This is the entire Trump campaign. And the part about this that's so cynical, of course, is that the "I alone can solve" part. That's the part that's cynical. It's conspiracy theories that are out to get you. Right. This is why he hangs out with Michael Savage and Alex Jones and and a whole group of conspiracy theorists on the right, the false flag crowd, because there is something to be gained from people who think that you can solve the conspiracy. You need to go in there and bust up the conspiracy, like Elliot Ness going after Al Capone. You can go in there and just bust it loose, bust it up. And so that's, that's one element. The other element is that Trump actually believes this stuff. Trump actually believes this stuff. So Corey Lewandowski, who is Trump's idiot thug campaign manager, he, he told the New York times about Trump's frequent, frequent use of, of conspiracy theories on the campaign trail. Because as we mentioned, As you see from these clips, these are straight from the comment sections at InfoWars and Daily Coast. I mean, pretty soon we're going to get to the FEMA camps where Obama's going to lock all of you. He's going to put you all in FEMA camps. We'll have Trump talking about that. I'm sure when it comes to Hillary Clinton, we'll get all the conspiracy theories from Trump as well. Okay, so here's what Corey Lewandowski said. He said, quote, The great part about the Internet is it gives a forum for people to express their ideas, and when Trump sees an idea he thinks is worthy of having a discussion about, Mr. Trump is willing to have conversations and discuss issues that other candidates aren't willing to discuss because they're so politically correct. Okay, always, the Trump campaign falls back on the politically correct buttress. Right? When they have nothing to say, when they have nothing to do, they just go to, well, it's pol- he's just fighting political correctness. He can say whatever stupid crap comes into his mind and that he read on the Internet in the interwebs they've been saying. He can do all that because, hey, he's not politically correct. Yeah, I see a lot of stupid stuff on the Internet, too. I don't talk about it because it's stupid stuff on the Internet. Not because it's politically correct not to talk about it, but because it's idiotic. Okay, turns out Holocaust denial, to take a perfect example, Holocaust denial because there are all these alt writers who for some reason think that the Jews just made it up. The Jews just made it up. Turns out Holocaust denial is just something for stupid people. I don't not talk about it because it's politically correct not to talk about it. I don't talk about it because it's idiotic. You have to have an IQ well under 80 to believe any of this stuff. But Donald Trump may have an IQ under 80. I mean, he actually buys into a lot of this stuff, and he feels like it gives him the this sort of underground appeal. And it does to some people. It clearly does to some people. As I say, there's, an, there's this, this move toward conspiratorialism in politics. It's increased, not decreased, during the course of my lifetime. It's getting worse and worse to the point where every major event, there's a conspiracy theory that immediately brews up about it. You had Alex Jones saying the Sandy Hook massacre was a false flag for, for a gun confiscation. Turns out it could just be a crazy guy shooting up a school and then the left could use it for gun confiscation. But pretty sure that, that the piece of garbage, Adam Lanza, who went in and shot all those kids, wasn't in the pay of George Soros. But it's, it's all about the conspiracy theory because that offers you a convenient enemy and it offers you a way to explain away all the terrible things that happen in the world. It's not that a, t- a terrible thing can't happen to you unless you're being targeted is what the conspiracy theorists say. And therefore, if you elect somebody who will prevent that targeting, your life will just be a giant bed of roses. And this is what you get from the Trump core support. So there are, there are two groups of Trump supporters at this point. There are two groups of, of Trump supporters. One is the core, and one is the chaff. So I'll call them the, the wheat and the chaff, right? There's the core, the core group of support. And these are the people who are hardcore Trumpies. These are the people like the guy that we saw yesterday, the, the guy who was who who talking about how Trump was Trump. He loves everything about Trump. Ike Clanton from from Tombstone, Lion Ted, right? There's this guy. We can play it again. This is the the Trump supporter, and, and these guys push openly anti-Cruz conspiracy theories in order to target Cruz. So here's what that looked like yesterday. You look okay, so that's one guy. So there's the guy in the back. You look like a fish monster and you're a terrible person. And then there's this guy, this, this delightful fellow that we met yesterday, Ike Clanton, over in Indiana talking to Ted Cruz and trotting out the usual conspiracy theories.
3: Now, do you know on the wall that Donald told the New York Times editorial board he's not going to build a wall, and he's not going to deport anyone? Lion. Once again, Ted. Well, sir. You know,
2: actually, civilized
3: people don't just scream and yell at each other. I'm not yelling at you.
2: I'm, I'm yelling everybody. Do you know that Donald's words said.
3: were caught Let on tape? The New York Times reported the whole thing, publicly reported. That's a total lie made up by okay,
0: Trump's Okay, Snaggletooth. So Snaggletooth over here, very upset with Lion Ted. You're lying about your mistresses? I know I saw it in them papers that they keep over by the grocery section. I was checking out at the grocery, using my food stamps, and then I took one of them National Enquirer papers right off the line. I looked right on there and said, mistresses. I had to have my wife read it to me, but she told me it said, mistresses. She also my cousin. So you got, so you got this dude over here doing this routine, and, and this is the, the Trump hardcore base. So there's always, whenever you have a demagogic leader like, like Donald Trump, a demagogue like Trump, there's always this hardcore base of support. And I mean, it's, it's relatively small. It's this group of people who think they ask you, you ask, what do you like about her? I like everything, everything. He is a sexy man. They, 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 everything. They, they just love everything about Trump. And then you have the Trump chaff. And the Trump chaff are the people who are sort of mainstream, but have now fallen into the sway of the Trump movement because they feel like he's the best to stop the Trump opposition. So these are the people who look at Trump and they say, OK, he has a hardcore base of support. Now he's the only one left, as the field is winnowed, he's he's gained support from the establishment, and you're starting to see people fall into this. So they base that not so much on loving Trump, but much more on disliking the left, which is more understandable, right? More understandable. So, for example, you look at Bernie Sanders, and here's Bernie Sanders yesterday on the left, the, the, the socialist loon bag from Vermont, who's not going to win the nomination, but is in fact a very influential leader on the left. Somebody in the audience shouts that the billionaire class should F off. And here's Bernie Sanders' response.
2: To tell the billionaire class and the corporations. Well, that is one way to phrase it.
0: It's hilarious. Yeah, screw rich people. So
2: I myself i am constrained. I can't quite phrase it like that, but that's
0: not bad. Okay, that's not bad. So, so people look at Bernie Sanders and they go, okay, well, at least Trump ain't that. So I guess I'll buy into that, right? This is the people who are now joining the Trump movement, jumping a little late onto the bandwagon. And you've got people who look at Hillary Clinton and they say, Hillary Clinton's quite terrible. So they'll look at tape like this one and they'll come to the proper conclusion that Hillary Clinton is pretty awful. Here's There's an out-of-work coal miner who confronts Hillary because Hillary has said she wants to kill coal jobs. She openly said that. She wants to put the coal industry out of business. Here's what that looked like.
2: You hear those people out there saying some of the things that they say. Is because when you make comments like we're going to put a lot of coal miners out of jobs these are the kind of people that you're affecting this is this is my family and while my hope is in god that's my future i just want to know how you can say you're going to put a lot of coal miners out of out of jobs and then come in here and tell us how you're going to be our friend because those people out there don't see you as a friend
0: and Hillary ends up kind of quasi-apologizing but also doubling down. And so people look at this and they go, yeah, Hillary's kind of terrible also. And then they look at the people who are supporting Hillary and who oppose Trump. And it's not just the, the protesters we talked about yesterday. It's the intelligentsia on the left. So Andrew Sullivan is a guy who used to be a, a quote-unquote conservative. Uh, he, he shifted to the left because of gay rights. He's an openly gay guy. Um, who was, I think, caught in some sort of peccadillo where he was posting online weird sex habits and such. But Andrew Sullivan, also famous for saying that Sarah Palin's son was not, in fact, her son. It was Bristol's son, and Sarah was covering it up. Andrew Sullivan wrote a piece for The Atlantic about the rise of tyrants in America, and he was on with Chris Matthews, and here's what he had to say about Trump.
2: Wage is a good thing to do, but don't tell us it's going to make a lot of people better off. But they don't demonize whole sections of the population. They don't discriminate on the basis of people's religion. They don't claim they're going to actually round up and deport that's eleven million human beings. That's different. No, than he, he does the he does them both, like any reality television asshole, which is what he is. That's the character he plays. Okay, he has a message as well. We don't use the word here. He has a message as well, uh, but his style has completely yeah, well, dominated this. So election. what is he? He's, a, he's either a comedian a, a, a sideshow or he's a dangerous uh, fascist was a dangerous neo fascist who is using reality television and the modern media in a way that is leaving the rest of us in the dust and it's terrifying to watch
0: okay, so he says this and people look at andrew sullivan and they go well, we hate you you're terrible right? and so and so the, the and so the chaff the chaff of the trump support they're not. Joining in with the with the core Trump support, you know Dennis Prager is not on the side of Snaggletooth, but he looks at people like Andrew Sullivan, and he goes, "Yeah, you people support Hillary, you supported Obama. All the things you hate about Trump are equally true about Obama and Hillary. So I guess we'll go with with Trump." And so you get people like Sean Hannity. So Sean Hannity is a good guy, and here is Sean Hannity who's full on the Trump train now. He's been on the Trump train for a long time, and here he is talking about. How George Will wrote a column over the weekend where he said that he wants not only Trump to lose, he wants Trump to lose big. He wants Trump to lose 50 states to defeat his movement, which there's an argument to be made that this is at least partially correct. The idea being that you don't want to see – it's not about watching Hillary win. It's not loving to see Hillary win. It's about Donald Trump and his movement are dangerous to the future of conservatism because he takes every element of conservatism and tosses it out the window and then claims he's the new conservative. He takes all the things we care about, and he throws them out the window. He spends his entire career making a mockery of what we say conservatism is. The left says conservatives are a bunch of racist, redneck bigots who are ignoramuses, conspiracy theorists, tinfoil hat idiots. And then Donald Trump comes along and says, yeah, I'm all those things. And so there are conservatives who say, okay, well, I don't want him leading our movement. I don't want him as president. So George Will basically writes that column, and here's Sean Hannity now blaming the establishment for, for wanting Trump to lose.
4: So I I remember those early days where Will was on there battling Sam Donaldson and Cokie Roberts, and at the time was like Reagan's lone defender. And he was stunningly effective, highly intellectual, left everybody else in the dust. Anyway, I don't know what's happened. George Will hates Donald Trump so much that he's effectively endorsed Hillary Clinton. And I'm not exaggerating. George Will writes, if Trump is nominated, the GOP must keep him out of the White House. Well, what does that mean? That means don't let Trump win. Donald Trump's damage to the Republican Party, although already extensive, has barely begun. He talks about uh, all of his problems multiplying and the support of the most anti-conservative presidential uh, uh, candidate in the party's history. Those that collaborate will render themselves ineligible to participate in the party's reconstruction. So what he's writing here. Trump would be the most unpopular nominee ever, unable to even come close to Mitt Romney's insufficient support among women, minorities, and young people. In losing disastrously, Trump probably would create a down-ballot carnage. Always, he's to reading and- this
0: column now, and everything that Will says in this column is true. But Hannity doesn't like it, so he's jumping on the, he's jumped on the, the Trump bandwagon because he doesn't like the idea of losing to people like Andrew Sullivan or losing to Hillary or losing to Bernie Sanders. So the idea is that better to, to side with Trump, to go along, and then maybe we can control him once we get in. Maybe we can control him once we get in. Now, I don't think, and I've spent long periods of time on this show saying, Trump is not Hitler, okay? There, there's only one Hitler. Trump is not Hitler. But the question for any demagogic leader is, is he, a, is he a weak guy or is he a chaff guy? Deep down in the cockles of his tidy heart, is Donald Trump a guy who stands with the core of his support or is he someone who's just standing aside with the, with the chaff and saying, okay, I'm going to use that core to get where I need to go and then I'll abandon them and I'll be a perfectly reasonable person and I'll be just a, a good governing president. Is that, which is it? So to look at history, and again, Trump is not Hitler and I'll say it 10 times, Trump is not Hitler, right? Trump, he's not. But let's look at history now. Okay? In history, Hitler rose to power on the basis not of his conspiracy theories. This is rewritten history. He didn't rise to power on the basis of let's round up all the Jews and kill them. He didn't rise to power on the basis of let's start a world war. He rose, to basis, he rose to power on the basis of let's make Germany great again, and we have to stop the communists. That's really what he rose to power based on. If you look at his speeches between 1930 and 1932, he almost never, Thomas Sowell writes about this, he almost never mentions the Jews. Never. And in fact, after he gained power in 1933, he tried to initiate a boycott against Jewish businesses, and it was so unsuccessful in Germany it was shut down after four days, because the Germans weren't into it. They put him in power because they thought that he was going to wreck the system. They thought he was going to take the Weimar Republic system, and he was going to correct that system by basically coming in and cleaning house. And some of the people who supported him were people like Franz von Papen. Von Papen, high-ranking former chancellor of, of uh, of, of the German Republic, and he felt that it was imperative to stop the communists, so imperative that he went to the, the then-president, Hindenburg, of, of Germany, and he said to him, make Hitler chancellor, because Hitler won't be communist, and I'll be his second-in-command, and I can control him. So all these people he's hanging out with, his SA, his SS, his whole base of support here, don't worry. That's just his core. He's just riding them to power. He's not that guy. He'll be one of us. I'll control him. It'll be fine. There are very few times in, in human history where the people who have been the wheat have actually, been, who, who, have been, who have been the chaff, when those people actually controlled the guy who's riding the backs of the wheat to power. It, it almost never happens. It almost never happens. When somebody rides the bad guys to power and then turns around and works with the good guys. Almost never happens. Much more common for the, the chaff to be taken in. Much more common for the, the Sean Hannity's of the world and the Bill O'Reilly's of the world and, and the people who are good-hearted but are buying into a bad guy for those people to be taken for a ride. That if Trump were president, he would immediately turn to Snaggletooth over there and then push through whatever agenda he wants, including many elements of a very nasty economic and foreign policy agenda, including an agenda that in, that, that enshrines big government in every part of our lives. He would rely on Snaggletooth to push him forward, because in the end, politicians love to be loved. Trump loves to be loved. And the people who give him the most love are the people like Snaggletooth. And Trump is closest in mentality to the people like Snaggletooth, not to the people like Sean Hannity. Sean still presumably cares about conservatism. Trump does not. He never has. He just likes to say conservatism. So who's being taken for a ride? One of these people, one of these groups is being taken for a ride. It's either the core or it's the chaff. So if you think that that, that Donald Trump saying all this crap from the National Enquirer about Ted Cruz's daddy, if you think that that's just him taking his core for a ride it's him being super intelligent just playing those guys then by all means jump on the trump train he's too smart for all of us if you think that the real donald trump is the guy who reads the national inquirer and then airs those rumors if you think the real donald trump is the guy who actually believes vaccines cause autism and believes 9-11 was basically a quasi inside job and believes that iraq was was just a giant lie perpetrated on the american people to waste american lives and kill american soldiers if you believe all those if that's what you think trump is then you shouldn't be surprised when it turns out that he's a bad, bad president and a very scary guy to boot with a huge base in his core, and his core are a bunch of nasty ignoramuses who are relying on him, relying on him to be their shield, the shield between the giant evil conspiracy out there somewhere in the ether and their own bad lives. And they're relying on him to save them. That's a very, very scary phenomenon. It's bad on the left, whether it's Hillary or Obama, and it's really bad on the right too. Okay, time for a couple of things I like. And then some things that I hate. So a couple of things I like. First of all, uh, the, my, my sister, who loves to read comics, she, uh, she gave me a uh, Captain America. I think this came out in 2011, and she picked it up in, like, the bargain bin. It was Captain America number one from Ultimate Comics, uh, and it's really quite good. It's, it's the, the basic premise is Captain America, while he was asleep, the U.S. government created a second Captain America named Frank Sanders. And Frank Sanders was placed into Vietnam to fight on behalf of truth, justice, and the American way. And basically, he goes full Kurds. He goes native. And so now he's back, and he wants to fight the original Captain America because he wants to disillusion him about how America is great. He, he, gives, he captures him, and he lectures him about, here's what you missed while you were gone, right? You missed, you, missed, and you, you missed Nixon, and you missed Cambodia, and you missed Laos, and you missed Indonesia, and you missed all this st- Here's all the bad things that happened in America that you missed. You have this old antiquated version of America, this vision that America is a great place, but you missed all this stuff while you were asleep. And so you have to pay, as the symbol of America, you have to pay the price. And it's, it's, it's a, a pretty good comic, and then the payoff is really good. The, payoff, the very end of it is terrific. The payoff is great. So that's Captain America number one, ultimate comics. Okay, second thing that I like, I just finished uh, over the weekend Thomas Sowell's Black Rednecks and White Liberals. I mentioned it to you earlier in the context of the rise of Hitler to power and what the German, what was Germany an aberration? Uh, was was the Nazi era an aberration, or is there something inherent to the German philosophy and to the German people that causes them to be violent? Uh, and it's a fascinating essay because the tendency for, for everybody, the tendency for, for all of us, is to say when bad things happen, those people are an aberration, right? Those people are just, they're monsters. This is why people use the word monsters. I don't like using the word monsters because there are no such things as monsters. Monsters don't exist. They don't live under your bed. They're not in your closet. And they didn't exist in Nazi Germany. They were people. And people are capable of tremendous evil. And the line between slipping from good into evil is actually very, very thin. And the hill is really steep. So once you take one step, boom, you're right down that hill. And what Sowell says, and this is why I'm so worried about the Trump movement, is that once you have a people that is accustomed to tyranny, basically, and they're willing to hand power to someone on the basis of making X great again, and they're willing to overlook all of his flaws, don't be surprised when things start to go badly. Don't be surprised when people just kind of go along to get along because, after all, Hitler made the, 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 made the Autobahn and Mussolini made the trains run on time. So this is – it's a really good book, Black Rednecks and White Liberals. The title of the, the piece, the title of the book is uh, predicated on an essay that he wrote about why black culture uh, – ghetto culture is what he calls it, why ghetto culture – is more violent and where the high rates of single motherhood come from. And his theory is basically it doesn't come from genetics and it doesn't come from Africa. It comes from a white redneck culture that prevailed in the South and was predominant in the South and actually comes from border areas in Britain, from Scotland and Ireland. And the people who inhabited the South were very different from the people who inhabited the North. Slaves brought over to the United States grew up not just as slaves, but also grew up in this milieu of, of tribal, almost tribal Highlander stuff. Uh, and and they took up a lot of those those cultural totems. And it's a fascinating book, Black, Rednecks, White Liberals by Thomas Sowell. Okay, time for uh, a couple of things that I hate. So first of all, as we mentioned, Ted Cruz is having a tough time here. Ted Cruz probably loses Indiana tonight. Maybe he drops out. Maybe he stays in. My guess is he stays in because why not? You know, at this point, you've run it this far. You may as well run it all the way to California. California's in a month. Who knows? There could be some sex scandal with Trump screwing a horse or something and and suddenly you're the only alternative and you're the nominee. So he'll probably stick it out. But rea- realistically speaking, if none of the crazy things Trump has said or done are preventing him from the nomination, it would have to be at least a stable of wild horses to make any difference at all. Any scandal that ha- – it would have to be an underage horse, maybe an underage male horse. They would have to, like, we'd have to get real specific in order for this scandal to have any impact. So Cruz is, uh, is now kind of letting the cat out of the bag. He's very upset, understandably so. He's a constitutional conservative and he's getting ripped. Here is Ted Cruz. Uh, being called uh, he going after Fox News for pretty overt support of Trump
3: there is a broader dynamic at work which is network executives have made a decision to get behind Donald Trump Rupert Murdoch and Roger Ailes at Fox News have turned Fox News into the Donald Trump network 24-7 now Rupert Murdoch is used to picking world leaders in Australia and the United Kingdom Running tabloids, and we're seeing it here at home. with well, the consequences for this nation. Media executives are trying to convince Hoosiers, trying to convince Americans, the race is decided.
0: Okay, you so have no. There. Cho- so the race, you know, is going to be decided tonight. Um, but you know what he's saying about Fox News and the problems within Fox News. Those are very real concerns held by a lot of conservatives. It's why they've lost some credibility in particular shows, and uh, and it's sad. Okay. The other thing that that I hate, and I think it demonstrates actually what I've what I've been talking about in terms of the the base of core support for Trump, which is almost this fascistic worship of Trump. Uh, there's this video, uh, and I have to say, it, it, this is an accurate depiction of my abs. By the way, uh, I have been working out, and I am absolutely ripped. But this is this is a, a video put out by the the oxymoronically named Aryan Wisdom. Uh, and and the Aryan Wisdom account on YouTube has now put out a video it's a parody of of 300 in which apparently I play a prominent part I have to admit I'm sort of flattered the uh, and what what's amazing about this is just to to set the stage Leonidas is Trump obviously because he's the great god king and then the and then the Persian king is um the, the Persian king is George Soros all right and then the, the messenger who gets kicked down the well, as you'll see, is Barack Obama. So this should earn this guy a, a visit from Secret Service, I would assume, because <laughs> you're not supposed to make material in which you posit the death of the president of the United States. Um, and Ted Cruz is the hunchback, right, who's selling out to George Soros, of course, because clearly Ted Cruz and George Soros are in league with each other. Clearly, people who believe this stuff are so unbelievably stupid. I mean, they are Phineas Gage level pipe through stovepipe through the head level stupid. I mean, this is, it's, it's, it's amazing. So they believe Ted Cruz is in league with George Soros. I am in league with Barack Obama. I, yes, me, I'm in league with Barack Obama in this one. In fact, I'm one of his messengers, which is really exciting. I'm so glad to have been put in that context. Uh, and uh, and there, there's some other prominent characters. But basically, uh, you're about to see me get killed on screen. So for all of the people who are, who are um, followers of some of my uh, quasi-friends slash quasi-enemies on, on Twitter... I hope you'll enjoy this little clip from whatever this monstrosity is called. 300, Making America Great Again, I guess is what they call this.
1: We're gonna win. We're gonna win it for the people. We're gonna win it for our country. We're going to make America great again.
0: Killed. It's actually more amusing in 30-second segments, but this thing is like eight minutes long. It's really long. A, cu- a couple quick notes about 300 just before we conclude here. A couple quick notes about 300. 300 is a really entertaining movie, but one of the problems with 300 as a movie is that it's actually fascist. So the Spartans were actual fascists. Okay, like the, the movie opens with them taking babies and throwing them in pits. So, okay, not the greatest guys. Okay, basically, it's Planned Parenthood with an army. So Planned Parenthood with an army against ISIS. That's the, great. So the, so it's the the movie's entertaining but it just demonstrates the levels of we're looking for a king we're looking for a leader we stand for freedom and by freedom we mean submission to Donald Trump right we have to submit to the to the iron hand of Donald Trump and we have to feel the cool caress of his stubby fingers upon us so there you are tonight as we say it's going to be a bad night for Cruz it's going to be a bad night for America it looks like after all we are going to end up with predator versus alien in this election cycle uh, which is it's it's like it's like Marvel Civil War except if everyone sucked radically and it was terrible. So basically nothing like that except it's a civil war between terrible people. It's 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 ISIS versus Iran, the election version. <laughs> it's just it sucks. It's just terrible all the way around. And you know, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. And and you know, just quick note: we'll always call it like we see it here at the Ben Shapiro Show. So if Trump says something that ain't stupid, we'll talk about it. If Trump says something stupid, we'll talk about it. If Hillary ever says something that isn't stupid. I'll be shocked, but we'll talk about it. We will always call it like we see it. So just because I'm not a Trump supporter doesn't mean that I'm not going to call things the way I see them. That's why I've been calling it the whole way like I see it. The concept of, of, of standing by principle as opposed to standing by person is key to me. It should be key to conservatives. And no matter what happens tonight, no matter what happens the rest of this election cycle, the conservative movement will be built. We'll build it again, and we'll build it outside of Trump, and we'll build it outside of the wheat, and we'll build it outside the chaff. There's going to have to be some people who stand for principle, and if you don't stand for principle, you don't get a role in the rebuilding. You know, the people who are the Trumpsters who wanted to burn this whole house down, here's the rule. You broke the Republican Party, you bought the Republican Party. This is your baby now. This is your car. If you drive it off the cliff, that's on you, gang. But we're not going to do that. We're going to rebuild a brand new car. and It'll be a better car. And in the end, that's the car that's going to end up pulling America. We'll, put, we'll throw the sucker into full reverse. That's the car. That's, that's the machine that's going to end up saving the country, not this pathetic Trump Mad Max devil machine uh, that is pulling us toward a, a, a terrible end and toward Charlie's Theron in a shaved head. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First,